Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What's good, my friends? This is the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are... The fan upstate rolling on until 7 o'clock p.m. today. Truly do appreciate you making us part of your day each and every day. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, one and all. We love you. We appreciate you. We could not do this without you. Uh, Let's see here. Jam-packed in the final two hours of the show today. Uh, Let's see here. Diesel, you can't put Diesel, you can't put all of us Gamecock fans in a pile. Not all of us wanted Birch back from Oregon. That would be like us saying all y'all radio, all y'all radio hosts are the same. No, I don't understand that. Yeah, but Texer, when when we were talking about the situation with Jordan Birch last year, the exact same question came up, and I never said. Every single one of you. I've polled 100% of Gamecock fans, and you all said, bleh. Like, you, you have to understand that when we, when we say things like that, it's not meant to be taking, taken 100% literally. But last year, when Jordan Birch left you, a lot of Gamecock fans said, oh, we'd absolutely take that guy back if we could. 100% the case. 100% the case. So... Uh, really, Mark, your playoff teams, no Oregon, Washington, USC, or Penn State. Uh, no Caleb Williams for USC. No Bo Nix for Oregon. No Michael Penix Jr. for Washington. Um, Penn State is always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Although if I had to pick one, I would say that they are the closest one to the group. Would you guys not agree? I I think they are the closest ones there. Um, so all of that is to say. That uh, that it is time for us to do that jam. We call it the top five at five. The top five biggest sports stories of the day. The top five topics we're discussing. Ladies and gentlemen of the Upstate Offsiders. The top five at five starts right now. And now the top five at five. And five, four, three, two, one. Hit it. By the way, I should throw a flag on you for driving and texting just then. Oh, yeah. I should do it. <laughs> but should. I won't. Thank you, sir. Five. All right, my friends. <laughs> you are not going to believe something Booger McFarlane, my former co-host, actually said on a broadcast. 
It was the App State-Miami of Ohio game that Appalachian State won. It was halftime. It was a slog fest. Well, Booger has a solution when a call of nature happens in a slog fest. Here's what he said live on ABC. Upside to this. As a defensive lineman, when you're soaking wet yeah. and it's raining and you got to go to the bathroom... <laughs> You, hey, I'm just, I wasn't exactly no, I'm So listen, you have to find some good in this. So normally, normally, normally we have to go back in the locker room. But since everything is wet, you just—I mean, you just—you just let it flow. Instant heater. Okay, why did go that far? Just let it flow. Hey, if it's uh, if it's muddy, diesel, the same could go for number two. No one would ever know. No one would ever know. Booger. TMI, my friend. <laughs> TMI. Come on, buddy. Come on. One of my favorite Booger McFarland stories, Diesel, is one time he was, uh, was talking about the annals of history, and instead he called it the annals of history. Okay? And I said, really, the annals of history. So I talked to, the, I talked to our sound guys, and we put together this whole bit that Booger didn't see coming with like a drum Tomorrow on Booger and Ryan, we go deep inside the annals of history where no man has ever gone before. It was a bit that we made. If it was the Jim Rome show, he would be talking about buttholes through history. (laughs) Uh, I love it. I love it. All right, my friends. Next up. Four. So what is your earliest projection on the teams that are going to be in next year's college football playoff? Here you go. How about Michigan, Texas, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Missouri, Ole Miss, Oklahoma, Notre Dame? Then I will go Kansas State, Liberty, and Clemson. Well, you realize, what are you picking from with the Big 12 with no Oklahoma and Texas there? What are you really picking from? You saw Oklahoma State absolutely get boat raced by Texas, right? That might be your champion. I'm going Kansas State. I think Clemson is your ACC champion next year. Five highest-ranked conference champions. How do you think the vibe is going to be, Diesel, if a conference champion is 10-3? and three? Or what if there's a year where, like, Iowa wins the Big Ten championship game? Yeah, then Michigan would be an at-large. Yeah. Then somebody gets knocked out. You think that's going to be viewed okay? Yeah, I mean, because you have to have some sort of objective way, a clearly defined objective path to make the college football playoff, and that's how they've done it, the five highest-ranked conference champions. I, I think the the likelihood or the frequency of a lesser team making it and winning the conference championship game and getting in that way are, are going to be relatively slim. You know, it, it will happen every now and again. You know, a shocker Iowa will beat Michigan in the Big Ten championship game. It didn't happen this year, but sometime it's going to happen. Chaos will find a way. And I think we'll look at it and say, oh, that's fun. Look at that. You know, they made it in. Isn't that great? But then you'll say, well, the teams that, that deserve to get in, subjectively deserve to get in, will still have a path as well. I think it's the best of both worlds, creating both an objective and subjective way of getting in. Fair enough. There's my 12. Who are yours? Next up. Three. 
Guys, I, like, I find it impossible not to pull for Clemson, right? Like, I, 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 want, I like all the teams that we covered at Farewell, but I just love Dabo, what Dabo's doing in regards to the portal. South Carolina, South Gamecocks, nine portal commitments, Clemson zero. Why? You heard Don Munson say right here on the show, Clemson is not going to bid for players. There is a whoring out of players that is existing right now in college sports going to the highest bidder. Juice Wells just did so yesterday. You know what I would say to Juice Wells if he was interested in my school? There's the door. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. That's actually not the door. The door's over there. Um, That's what I would say. If you run fast enough, you could probably jump out the window. Yeah, there you go. That's very hard glass, very thick glass. I I think they made that glass bulletproof just for our safety days. So with some (laughs) of the stuff we say here on the air. Um, but, But no, guys, seriously. I, I, I find it so endearing that Clemson is willing to forego getting better in the name of doing things the right way, in the name of doing things that, that are correct and right for the sports. You have to admire that, right? Don't you have to admire that? Um, at the same token, right, that's what my heart says, my head says, in order to win a national championship in the transfer portal era. And remember, Clemson has only won national championships in the pre-transfer portal era, era, you can do so one of two ways. You can have a top five recruiting class, or, by the way, Clemson does not have a top five recruiting class, or you can have a top 10 or 15 recruiting class and heavily use the portal. Clemson has the 15th ranked recruiting class, no use of the portal. My head tells me that can't win at all in today's day and age. I, I think it's incredible that this is their stance, that they're taking a stance on what's best for college football, that that they're going based on principle. I, I love it, and it makes me pull for it. It really does. But does your head tell you you can win that way, or do you have to make the deal with the devil this year? Next up. Two. Buffalo and Dallas yesterday uh, in the NFL. Dallas, a big-time loser as they seemingly are every time they have a truly big game on the road. You know, we had um, we had Dak Prescott saying, essentially, that, look, it's a big difference playing on the home and on the road. Well, guess where you're going to be playing in the postseason, Dak? You're going to be playing on the road. Okay, so, like, you might as well get used to it. Buffalo ran for 266 yards against an otherwise top Dallas defense. And the Cowboys, in a big moment, really fell flat on their faces yet again. For that reason, my friends, when you ask me who's in my Super Bowl bubble, I've got Kansas City, and I've got Baltimore, and I've got Philadelphia, and I've got San Francisco. And I have nobody else. Nobody else. Because you got to prove to me that you can do it. And finally, one Chip Kelly with some interesting ideas on how to fix what ails college football. Here's Chip. What is the the biggest issue that you might have right now, whether it be realignment, NIL, transfer portal, and what would your, your plan maybe be to, to try to solve it? I think they're all a problem, and I think we need to have a conference commissioner. I think football should be separate from the other sports. Just the fact that our school is leaving to go to the Big Ten in football, our, our softball team should be playing Arizona in softball. Our basketball team should be playing Arizona in basketball. 
but because football left. And they're saying, well, how do you do that? Well, Notre Dame's independent in football, and they're in a conference and everything else. I think we should all be independent in football. And you can have a 64-team conference that's in the Power Five, and you can have a 64-team conference in the Group of Five. And we separate it, and we play each other. You can have the West Coast teams, and then every year we play seven games against the West Coast teams, and then we play the East. So we play Syracuse, Boston College, Pitt, West Virginia, Virginia. Then the next year you play against the South while you still play your seven teams. You can play a seven-game schedule. You can play four against another conference, another division opponent, and you can always play against one Mountain West team every year so that we can still keep those rivalries going. Not that I've really thought about this. Not that I've a lot of spent a time on this. But I think if you went together collectively as a group and said there's 132 teams and we all share in the same we all share the same TV contract, so that the Mountain West doesn't have one and the Sun Belt doesn't have another and SEC has one and they have another, that we all go together. That's a lot of games, and there's a lot of people in the TV world that would go through it. You can sponsor each one. Instead of calling it Group of Five and Power Five, you can call it Amazon, Nike, bid that out to things. You can do a lot of different things. But I think if we still do the same thing and take all that money, and I would do this, and I think this needs to be done, that money now needs to be shared with the student-athletes, and there needs to be revenue sharing, and the players should get paid, and you get rid of NLI, and the schools should be paying the players because the players are what the product is. Uh, I think there's a lot of truth to what Chip Kelly's saying, and there's a lot of good there. What I like about it, okay, is that it brings everyone under the same umbrella. You got uh, you got players revenue sharing now. You have less of this going to the highest bidder. Why it can't happen is because there's no college football commissioner. Everybody's out for their own. You can't get everyone to agree to come together on this same thing. Diesel, I imagine you don't like it because it puts the wedge in between the Power Five and the Group of Five. What else? That's one thing. Uh, number two, uh, I have a problem with his math because 64 times two is not 132. Uh, so, Chip, you, you messed that one up as well. Um, yeah, anything that per, that puts a firm wedge in between the two divisions is a problem. Uh, anything that uh, presumptively pulls every team that's currently a Power Five into that 64 and every team that is not a Power Four, uh, Power Five outside of that 64 is inherently wrong. Um, there are teams that are performing at the elite high level of Group of Five who should be Power Five teams, and there are Power Five programs who are competing at the bottom uh, bottom basement level of the Power Five who shouldn't be competing in the Power Five level. Now, if you want to establish a promotion relegation system there, that's fine. Uh, it would be a way of providing some sort of uh, mobility between those two divisions. I'm fine with that. Um, but, uh, but, but you know, he, he didn't really address those issues and those parts of that that I think definitely need to be looked at. And then how are you dividing that money up? Are you creating a platform where if you have one national uh, uh television revenue system is every school is akron going to be making the same amount as alabama i doubt it so the system will be put in place to keep the smaller schools down and to prop the larger schools up with with tremendous financial resources i highly doubt they're going to distribute it equally so there there's some big problems that i have with what chip kelly had to say there it sounds nice and neat on paper oh and of course it's going to remove rivalries it's gonna if somebody if a team falls outside of your line on a map, who your fan base has a rivalry with, all of a sudden not playing them anymore. Sorry guys, that's gonna go that's gonna go bye bye. 
And those are today's top five at five. Now it's your chance to chime in, which you can do at 844-FAN-PHONE. That's 844-F-A-N-F-O-N-E. That's 844-326-3663. The carpro.com text line is there for you at 71307. Just start your text with the word fan and away you go. You can get to us on Facebook, on Twitter, and on YouTube at the Fan Upstate on everyone. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to us on YouTube. And finally, email. You guys can all email the show. Mark Ryan, that is M-A-R-C Ryan at thefanupstate.com. All the different ways you can get in touch with us here on the most interactive sports radio show anywhere. Coming up next, you'll hear from Josh Pate and his national championship pick. You'll be surprised at his answer here on Offsides, the Fan Upstate. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You're listening to CBS Sports Radio. So I'll tell you what, man. There is a stat. I love, like, unique stats that tell stories, right? And in college football, there is a stat that I love. It's called the blue chip ratio. And every year I try to come up with, like, my own blue chip ratio, right? Like, what, you know, what what are formulas for success? We gave you one uh, that uh, the last 10 national champions had finished in the top 10 in either total offense or total defense in 10 straight years. In the other category, they were at least in the top third. That means the only team remaining that could win a national championship, if that formula is going to remain unbeaten, is Michigan this year. But perhaps my favorite is the blue chip ratio. And the blue chip ratio essentially says that the last 20 some odd years, Bud Elliott 24-7 sports puts this out every year. I love it. Like I... I'm, I'm like the Star Wars movie nerd camping out for this to re- be released every single year. I'm like messaging him, Bud, when's it coming out? Please let me see it. I got to see the new, the new uh, you know, blue chip ratio. And it essentially says that at least the minimum requirement, minimum requirement to be a true national championship contender is that half at least half of your roster has to be four or five star players out of high school, right? So three of the four teams in this year's playoff meet the criteria. Alabama meets it. Texas meets it. Michigan meets it. Washington does not. He admits that the uh, in Washington it has just 34.6%. Got to be at least 50%, right? He admits that at some point the, uh, the blue chip ratio is going to fail. And not only does he say that, he says it's going to fail um, by a team that has a great transfer portal quarterback. 
Well, Washington has that. What are their chances? You know, it seems to be a three-horse race with Michigan, Alabama, and Texas pretty even. Washington's a step back. Count out the Huskies at your own risk. Joining us right now, uh, a a fantastic human being, uh, in my opinion, one of the most talented college football personalities in America. I had a chance to sit in on his live show in August in the Country Music Television building in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, Our good friend Josh Pate joins us on the show. Josh, I know you said that you had a blind spot for Washington all year long. Brother, don't feel bad. I did as well. The surest thing was that Oregon was going to boat race them in the Pac-12 championship game that you attended. So how do we explain what we're seeing with Kalen DeBoer's boys in the sense that they they look like they have no defense all year, and yet when it matters, their defense is just good enough. Can you explain Washington? Um, No, Mark, I can't, but I can pretend to. I think one of the aspects that's probably been uh, really overlooked is their offensive line is incredible. Finalist for the Joe Moore Award, actually. And I don't think anyone early season, mid-season, even three-quarters of the way through the season was touting Washington because of their offensive line. Now, in retrospect, if you talk to coaches who face them, that's the unit they'll point out. Everyone knew quarterback. Everyone knew wide receiver. Um, and that's also, if you talk to coaches who have coached out there on the West Coast, they'll tell you that offensive line is what separates us from the Alabamas, Georgias, the SEC schools, the Big Ten schools. We don't have those athletes out here. You may think to yourself, oh, you got everything you need in California. Well, not on the line of scrimmage you don't. Even USC, even even the big boys in that state have to leave the state to go get offensive and defensive line talent. So um, the fact that they've got one up there, and it's been put together over several years, it didn't come together through the portal or one recruiting class, that's probably one of the keys to their success, and that's a team, Mark, that won a ton, like over half a dozen one-possession games right down the stretch, and that's, that's the difference in those games. Josh Pate, the Late Kick Show, 24-7 Sports, joins us here on CBS Sports Radio. Josh, uh, many of us have fantasized, I'll use the word, uh, about having a college football commissioner that can step in when needed to do what's right for the sport. You are a name that is oft initiated in this, oft nominated in this. What is the first thing you do as college football commissioner, Josh? Well, oh boy, Mark, that's tough. So I would love to just totally scrap the calendar, start from scratch, but you can't just, you can't just quote unquote, fix the college football calendar without participation from member conferences. I like what I would love. uh, Chip Kelly articulated this very well, by the way, I would love for us to really stop pretending uh, that college football is something it's not and understand it is its own separate entity. Chip Kelly said that very well uh, whenever he said that last couple of days. And I've been screaming that. I mean, the the moniker student athlete should not apply to college football players. It's just, it's a make-believe term that was kind of conjured up by the NCAA to to present from a marketing perspective and a PR perspective the the image they want. That's not what those guys are, never have been. I mean, guys aren't going to Alabama to play football and otherwise would always go there for academics. And so... I'd love for us to just get serious about where we're going. And let's understand if if we're going to head towards a world where an employment status is in place for players, well, let's get there. And let's get there with the participation of conferences. And let's understand, okay, if you're getting paid 
a cut of media rights revenue from the SEC because you're a middle linebacker at South Carolina? Well, here's the trade-off. Signing your name on a piece of paper is going to be a lot more tantamount to what a contract is. You're not going in the portal every time you feel like it. That's not the way it's going to work. We're not going to have three or four editions of free agency throughout your college football career. So there's a give, there's a take there. But if we had that, I mean, if you had guardrails on NIL, which kind of would be irrelevant if you if you went to a, a true media rights sharing and revenue sharing program, and then you also had guardrails put, therefore, on the portal, well, Mark would have a whole lot more structure. You'd have a whole lot more ability to forecast what you need in a playoff. You'd probably hit the fast-forward button on the final edition of conference realignment. And that's not something the commissioner's doing. That's just something conference is coming together and sort of agreeing on the best future interest of the sport would need to do. And I just kind of sit over there and take credit for it at the end. But that's really what's got to happen. <laughs> Josh Pate joining us on the show. The cliche about the NCAA that I always hear, Josh, is that they, quote, unquote, dragged their feet for years trying to avoid the inevitable as it pertains to compensating college, collegiate athletes. Now it seems the courts are hell-bent on taking down every last NCAA bylaw. If anything they do, everything they do, is set to be struck down as unconstitutional, did they really err in holding on as long as possible? Uh, yeah. I don't think they believe this day would ever come, Mark. I know some people out there are nodding their heads saying, we always predicted this. And there, there are a group of people that did call this. I just don't think they reside in Indianapolis at NCAA headquarters. I mean, I, I think that those folks honestly thought we don't have to give an inch because we're the NCAA. Now, what they didn't take into account is no one really gave them their power. Like, there's not a constitution out there. There are no laws out there that really granted the NCAA power. They're not elected officials. It's not like they hold power. It was just kind of imagined. And everyone went along with it for a while because, I mean, let's be honest, Mark. Kids are only in college three or four years so, I mean, when were they ever going to collectively garner the power to fight against the NCAA? And so they never thought they had to budge on it, and they didn't. And as a result, it sort of built up water pressure behind a dam. Then all of a sudden there was a crack, and then five, and then 30. And now you see the dam bursting, and that's why I don't think anyone looks five years down the road and thinks the NCAA is overseeing college football. You may, you may have them overseeing collegiate athletics, but they're not going to oversee college football. And so that's kind of the point I'm making. If they're not, then let's define who is. And let's not just stumble our way through the dark to that. Let's go ahead and get there as quickly as we can. Josh Pate joining us on the show. Josh, college basketball expanded its postseason because they got a bigger television deal when they did. They're now being paid $1.1 billion a season. Now, with one and done prevalence and the portal, What's to stop college football from also following the basketball model and have an ever-expanding playoff of their own? I just worry, Josh, that, hey, man, let's forecast what a 16-team playoff would look like. What are the, what are the dollars on a 24-team playoff? What are the dollars there? Like, hey, come on, man. We, we, we've got to be able to understand that to some degree, less is more in maintaining the relevance of college football's regular season. You're going to have to get people in the room who have the best interest of the game in mind. There are not a lot of people in decision-making positions right now that have 
first and foremost, the best interest of college football in mind. They're all looking out for a league or a network, and that's the way it's structured right now. And um, I'm telling you, there's a group of people who believe that's best for the sport. They think, how could you deny an expanded playoff would be a great product? Well, that's not chapter one of the book. When we're defining the value of college football and what makes college football unique, you don't start by saying, how could you deny a 16-team playoff would be awesome? I didn't say it wouldn't be awesome. I said what we'd have to sacrifice in exchange for getting that product is not worth the price. And the price you pay is you really, really saturate and water down your regular season, which matters infinitely more than any regular season in any other sport. And at that point, Mark, you know as well as I do, you get the voice in the back of the room, well, no other sport does it like college football. And some people who don't know any better try and argue with that guy. Folks like you and I sit there and nod our head and smile, and that's what we take pride in, that there's nothing else like college football. And there's some quirks, and there's some idiosyncrasies, and there's some unevenness about our game. It's what makes it beautiful. It's what what once upon a time presented this world where a couple of six and six teams could be going at it uh, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, and the whole community was focused on it because why? It was a rivalry game. And it may not matter in Seattle, but it matters in, you know, like uh, Durham, North Carolina or something like that. Uh, college football did not need to derive its value from a postseason up until about 10 years ago. And there's a world where it still works plenty good enough the way it used to. We're probably not going back to that. But you better have forward-thinking people in the room that are smart enough to understand if you strip the regular season in exchange for trying to inflate a postseason because of the immediate payoff it would give you, you are penny-wise, pound-foolish, destroying your sport long-term. Josh Pate joining us. You know, I, I, I seldom admit this on the air, guys, uh, but I am a fan of Josh and his work. I think he's a great dude. I think he's incredibly talented. I had his producer, producer Jesse, on my local show recently. He kind of he echoed that sentiment, and if – if you like the underdog story, you know, you love the story of, of Josh Pate, who is where he is now, one of the top five or top ten voices in college football, who, uh, you know, six or seven years ago was working in a fabric ha- warehouse, four years ago was evicted, all right, and always had the skill, always had the talent, forged his way through, and this year got to do a once-upon-a-Saturday tour where every single week he was at – a game of their choosing, but one of the biggest games every single week. He's got an uncanny ability to forecast what game is going to have the craziest ending and impact on the college football season. Josh, I wanted to ask you, you were gracious enough to send me a Once Upon a Saturday uh, tour shirt. What were some of your highlights from the tour this year? What is it like for you to go from four years ago being evicted Six or and you're open about that. I'm not saying something I'm not supposed to say. And six or seven years ago, working in a fabric warehouse, um, and again, nothing wrong with that at all. But from from there to where you are, uh, such an inspirational story. Can you share what this Once Upon a Saturday tour was like for you this year and some of the highlights? Well, if you grew up like we did, and you grew up loving college football, really regardless of what your socioeconomic status is, what we get to do, you know, with the show is is your dream world. And I would have thought that if I grew up a trust fund baby, uh, much less the way I actually grew up. I mean, if you love college football, you think about being able to call your shot every week, pick the game you want to go to off of the entire map, 
and then you go and you stand on the field. You stand on the sideline. And, hey, the Friday before Mark, you go to that school and work out in their weight room if you want to. That right there is about as good as it gets. And then you tie on the fact that you have a very successful show and you got great people working behind the scenes and you got a company like CBS behind you with the wind in your sails. And it's it, it probably, to be honest with you, Mark, it's probably not something that even I can fully appreciate and will probably need about a decade or two uh, of retrospective to look back and really understand. I understand as much as I possibly can how blessed we are and how insane, how sort of one of one the version of what we get to do really is within our space. But it's still so recent. Like those things you're talking about are still so fresh uh, that, I mean, a lot of the people that, that work down in Columbus at some of the local radio and television stations I worked at are still there. It's just, it hasn't been that long ago. And so um, it's amazing though, man, like Washington against Oregon saw both of those games this year, saw Texas going to Tuscaloosa and take down Alabama, saw Oklahoma take down Texas a couple of weeks later in the Red River shootout, saw Michigan's games against Penn State and Ohio State. I mean, we saw we saw all of it. We even went to Missouri and saw them hit a 61-yard walk-off field goal against Kansas State. We ha- I think we had four field stormings that we were a part of this year. So it was an amazing, amazing season. And now we'll head out to the Rose Bowl for Bama, Michigan in a, in a couple of weeks. Josh Payne offering tomorrow's lottery numbers for a fee. Uh, he he somehow predicts the weather and predicts the best in college football games. Uh, Josh, who is your national champion? Uh, I think Alabama, Mark. I think wow. that's where I'm going to go. I got I don't have to officially make my pick for another 24 hours in the semifinals, but, yeah, if I were to have to do that right now, I'd go Bama. I think I told you this when we were talking on your local show. We were headed into the SEC championship game. I said, I have a feeling that we're about to see the national title game in Atlanta because I had a feeling – both of those teams were banged up. I mean, Bowers and McConkey could barely go for Georgia. Bama's all defensive front was banged up and still held Georgia under 80 rushing yards, by the way. But I felt like either one of them, if they made it through that and won the SEC title and had three weeks to heal up, I felt was going to be the best team in the playoff. And I think Alabama is that now. Now, Michigan's a very, very unique challenge for them, but I think Bama's more of a unique challenge for Michigan. They don't face a kid like Milrow at all in the Big Ten. They don't face a passing team like Alabama in the Big Ten. That doesn't mean they can't beat them. I'm just saying it's a very unique style and challenge for them. And um, I thought it was really interesting. I, I hit up our, our partners uh, over at FanDuel. I said, hey, could you shoot me the hypotheticals if we have you know, any combination of games in the national title? And they sent it over, and lo and behold, Mark Bama would be about a field goal favorite against Texas, even though Texas beat them by double digits in Tuscaloosa. It's crazy how that works, isn't it? Wow, that is absolute madness. And it just goes to show you, man, that, you know, the, the numbers the guys in Vegas are crunching are much different than what our right and wrong uh, arguments are, stand on. So that is that is very much the case. What are your Christmas plans, Josh? Well, I am going to, you know, we got signing day. we got the early signing day coming yep. Wednesday. So we're going to do a full show here in Nashville. And then I am going to drive down to Columbus, Georgia for Christmas number one. And then me and the lady are going to drive down to Long Beach, Mississippi for Christmas number two. And then it'll be back to Nashville to do a show on December 28th. And then we will fly to L.A. and have Rose Bowl festivities right through New Year's Day. That's incredible. Folks, it is my favorite 
college football show. It's And it's on YouTube Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Had a chance to sit down in on it live. Follow him on Twitter at Late Kick Josh, the one and only Josh Pate. Merry Christmas, Josh. Thank you so much for everything, dear friend. Merry Christmas to you and yours, Mark. I appreciate it, man. All right. Take care. Josh Pate. One of a kind here, right here on uh, CBS Sports Radio, picking Alabama to win the national. Alabama! Got a quick story for you. Um, The voice of Alabama football, Eli Gold, once got really mad at me. (laughs) Really mad at me. Why? Because um, we were having him on the show, and you notice, like, when I have a guest, I lead in with, like, a take or a topic just so they can, like, get warmed up to what the conversation is on the show, right? And so I let in to the Eli Gold interview, maybe not of a maybe not an advisable move by me, with the fact that a couple of Alabama players had jumped a couple of students at that university outside of a, a, a outside of a vending machine. And I said, "Look, ultimately that falls on Nick Saban's desk for the same reason that if I ever did something stupid, and I hope I don't, right? It would fall on the Ryan household desk. And I said, you know, even though he wasn't involved in it, Nick Saban doesn't like it because it's a reflection of his program. I thought it made perfect sense. Eli Gold, the voice of Alabama, was was so boiling over when the interview began that we just about couldn't get over the interview. And he ended up saying, I hate people like this Mark Ryan guy. Well, I'm sorry, man. It's a bad reflection on the program. I feel the same way today that I did then. Sorry, not sorry. All right, my friends. If I say to you, uh, give me the best Christmas movies of all of all time, there's a high likelihood you would give me a cartoon with a green character. And I'm going to apply that to sports and ask you for the Grinches of Sports 2023 edition. And we'll do it next. My name is Mark Ryan. He is Andrew It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the Fan Upstate rolling on until 7 o'clock p.m. today. Great to have you guys with us. Truly do appreciate you making time for us here on the show today. Uh, Guys, uh, lots of stuff going on in the final hour plus of the show this afternoon. And uh, always do appreciate uh, you guys making a few minutes for us here on the show, you know, uh, as we as we've debated on uh, on Shane Beamer and Billy Napier, and what should the standard be for these guys? What should see them keeping their job? What should see them moving on to greener pastures or having a press reboot? You do wonder, right? Like if we're do- doing this the right way, like are we are we robbing Peter to pay Paul? Are we not having the right? Um, level of patience that we should for these guys, right? The reality is Frank Beamer, Shane's dad, won nothing until his sixth year at the school at Virginia Tech. And he is the best coach in Virginia Tech history. Had they pulled the plug on Frank Beamer, they never would have seen Enter Sandman. They never would have landed Michael Vick. They never would have become what they were. And they haven't been what they've been, what they were since he left, right? 
So that lends credence to the idea of patience. Seeing what Steve Spurrier did at South Carolina, year six, right? He really took off. Lends credence to the idea of patience. Do I think Beamer could be the guy at South Carolina? Yeah, I do. I mean, I do think he could be the guy. Um, At the same time, you know, he's got to find a way to produce and he's got to find a way to get on the level with some of the other teams in this conference, you know? And whereas I know the schools are thrilled that they're going to be rolling in uh, the new $16 million a year that comes from Oklahoma and Texas, right? What, um, What is surprising to me is that... Yeah, you know, how does South Carolina feel like they're going to climb this ladder? How do they feel how do they feel like they're going to get over this hump? If you're ranking programs right now, overall in the SEC, the programs that you would say are above South Carolina. Florida, Tennessee, Missouri, Georgia, right? There's four, Oklahoma and Texas, there's six, Alabama, Ole Miss, there's eight. LSU, there's nine. Texas A&M, there's ten. Probably Auburn as well. So in a 16-team SEC as a program, okay, and I'm not even putting Kentucky into the mix because I think you could make an argument for Kentucky or for South Carolina. South Carolina, the Gamecocks, Gamecocks have won the last two. Uh, my belief is, all right, that, uh, that South Carolina's got a hill to climb. Got a hill to climb. And maybe if you give Shane Beamer 10 years, maybe it works out. Maybe he makes a college football playoff berth. All right? But you need to find a guy like Kalen DeBoer, Washington, that moved the needle. That, wow, we've got the right guy, and we've got the right guy immediately. All right, my friends, we have got the 6 o'clock hour. It's coming your way next right here on the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the fan upstate. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.